Hey there, welcome to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. I'm Camille, and this is the podcast for women that want to create a dream kitchen without stress and costing a fortune. If you like no fluff, tell it like it is remodeling advice from a cabinet maker with over 30 years experience, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Ready? Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for um, day four of Electrical Week, where we're going to be talking again with my hubby, Larry, about um, today we're going to basically talk about like how to hire a good electrician, right? What's the process? How do you get good bids? Um, We both of us have seen this process happen (laughs) in a lot of different ways. And so we wanted to kind of break down what we thought the ideal was. So if you're at that stage where you're starting to get bids um, and thinking about whether you're going to move forward, this is um, kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, babe, thanks for joining me again. Hey, sweetie. Thanks for having me on board, ladies. Good morning. How's everybody doing out there? We're doing good. We've gotten lots of good feedback on the original, on the first couple of episodes. So, you guys, if you're just joining us now, go back and listen to day one of Electrical Week. Um, okay, so let's talk about, like, you're you're ready to get some bids on electrical. What do you think the first steps are and like, what's the process that you and I go through? And, um, and then I'll sort of jump in, you know, if I, if I want to clarify something. Okay. All right. So getting into the first steps of uh, electrical, um, before you even start looking for your contractor and you're in, you've already decided, all right, I'm going to move forward and just start my kitchen remodel. You need to go out and find the appliances that you're, planning on installing for that remodel. Um, the key point, the key ones are like your microwave. Am I going to buy a big microwave? Am I, am I going to get a convection oven? Am I planning on getting a, a dual oven, a dual oven with a single oven with a convection oven? Am I planning on getting a new stove? What we talked about in the last episode about dual fuels. Am I going to move my refrigerator? And if I'm going to move my refrigerator, am I going to get one of the big sub zeros, one of the super fancy special ones? Or am I just, just go ahead and replace my existing refrigerator with another like refrigerator? Um, so those are the first places to start. And then once you've decided on the appliances that you're looking at purchasing, you need to get the model numbers and then get a copy of the installation instructions so that you have the installation instructions available, which are the tech specs, uh, so that when you're meeting with your first contractor, you can talk about, these are the items that I'm already planning to buy. Which ones of these items, can you look through these? And then when you're building your bid, tell me which ones need to have the dedicated circuits and then also build the cost of moving that dedicated circuit into my kitchen because I may not have one. And your electrician that's doing the bid for you should already be able to tell you which ones you need to do that for and which ones you don't. Okay. So that's that's kind of like a big step one. So ladies, that doesn't mean you have to have purchased the appliances, but it has to be the ones that you're fairly certain you're going to purchase, right? It's like a, maybe it's not the exact stove, the exact model, but it's like, you know, you're going to do a 36 inch gas stove and it's this basic style of stove, meaning the type of stove. Um, it's not an electric, it's not like it's, it, you need to know the basics of what you're doing, right? Like, so like, if you know, you're not doing a sub zero, but you're going to swap out and do another 36 inch refrigerator, but it's a basic standard refrigerator. There's no real bells and whistles on it. 
you, you need to tell the electrician that's the kind of refrigerator you're going to do. Okay. So just to qualify, it doesn't mean you're buying them all ahead of time because part of the process with us is the reason why you want to get quotes is so you understand like what your financial obligation is going to be. Right. Um, <clears throat> okay. So then I know for like us, um, if that's step one, then step two is when the electrician actually comes out, what we don't to, to do the bid, what we don't want is for you to just say like, give me a bid for this kitchen. <laughs> like, like that's basically making the electrician do all the work. And unfortunately what happens is people are lazy. People do the bare minimum. People are like, they're bidding this job on the way to another job that they're going to work all day or at the end of a day, right? They're tired. They have a lot of other things going on and they don't even have this job yet. So you have to remember that, right? The person's coming to bid your job. They're not making any money. They're just doing this for free to help you get some information. So in order for you to get the best amount of information, you need to do the heavy lifting for them. You need to be the person who knows kind of what you're looking for, right? You know, if you're going to do under cabinet lights, or at least you want to do under cabinet lights, you know, you're thinking you want to move your fridge to one location or the other, because you would have already gotten your sketch from us, right? With the kitchen coach, you know, the type basic kinds of appliances you're doing or not doing. Um, you know, you want can lights or not can lights. Like you need to tell him the basic things that you want. Don't just um, hand him a drawing or kind of just roughly go, we're redoing our kitchen. Give us a bid to upgrade the electrical. Like you're going to get very minimal bids that aren't really accurate. Correct, babe? Oh, absolutely. Actually, I just thought of one other thing too. Um, if you have a, and this is kind of off what we were just talking about, but it's still in that planning process. If you have an island stove or an island cooktop that you're using and you're wanting to put in, um, and this is a biggie, if you're planning on putting in like a recessed um, hood vent, your electrician needs to know that because he needs to plan for pulling electrical over to do that. Uh, and that that's another big piece that I just actually thought about it because we did like four or five jobs you and I with where they did the inset uh, hood vents and those things are a major pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, when you're in our program, like we can help you with this, the questions and the things to ask, right? We don't want you just feeling like you have to do this on your own. That's part of why you have a kitchen coach. Uh, but if you're not in our program, you just want to really understand like what's at stake in the kitchen and that the electrical is a really important piece of this puzzle. It's not just a checkbox that you do like I got a bid and now electrical is solved. You need to be a big part of that because not every electrician is going to, I don't want to say take it as seriously, but they're not going to be as thorough as me and Larry are because we have seen the consequences of it when it's not done correctly. So we're more proactive, I think, than a lot of electricians are, right? And I mean, of the vendors that come into your house, electricians are like at the top end of being proactive, but there's still, you know, mistakes can happen. Things can get overlooked really easily. And as I think you're getting from all of our conversations, the things that you cannot see that are invisible behind the walls are really critical. You don't want to just assume that that outlet looks fine. <laughs> right. And because you can't see anything that there's nothing, there's no problems with it. I'm hoping you, you now understand that, no, there's a lot of things that could be going on behind the walls that you don't see. Okay. So we don't want to keep scaring everybody, but the next step I know for you and I is that once you have your appliance list, you have your tech specs. Um, I know that you as our, as our electrician, you would go out to the panel 
their panel is the very first thing you do. And you do what when you're at the panel? Why do you go and look at the panel? So when we're planning these kitchen remodels, um, can I can I back up one thing before we start talking about the uh, panels? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things you can do to help yourself and help your electrician and, and get a more accurate bid is if you have a list of things you want done in your kitchen, like Camille was saying, if you want to do the under cabinet lights, if you want to put in the inset hood vent, if you want to do can lighting, you want to do move your fridge. If you put those things down on a piece of paper and you just, or basically print it up on your computer's Word doc and then print it out. When you hand that to your electrician, your electrician already knows that you have a very good idea of what you want done. And he's going to be able to give you a bid per item when you're interviewing your electricians. He's going to be better prepared to provide you with a more accurate bid. And when you get that bid from your electrician, that bid should be broken down per the punch list that you provided him from the first from the first meeting. And it's going to save him a lot of time. He's going to appreciate that. Yeah. I know I do. The other thing is that, um, as I'm hoping comes across, is that all this electrical is all interrelated. So if you don't tell him you want under cabinet lights at the first meeting, and then he's pre-planning, and there's, again, there's a fixed amount of electricity coming in, a fixed amount of rivers coming into your kitchen, right? It's not unlimited. So if you don't tell him all the pieces of the puzzle that you're thinking you might want to do, even if you're not sure if you can afford it or what you want to spend the money on, he's trying to balance all those pieces of the puzzle and then give you what you've asked for, right? But if you only tell him two of the things and then you come back later and say, oh, but we actually want this and this and this, he's now having to try to rethink, right? And reconfigure that fixed amount of power coming in. And what's the best use of that? Correct, so, babe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving into the panel part now. Uh, if I'm your electrician and you and I are sitting down for our first meeting, our interview, if you will, and you give me and you provided me with your punch list that we just talked about. Uh, my first stop after you and I have met is I'm, is I'm going to go out and look at your main panel, the one that's on the outside of the house with a meter on it. Some houses just have a meter and the panels on the opposite side of the wall. Uh, but I'm going to look in that panel. And what I'm looking for, and again, Camille and I use the words rivers, and we've been using spigots and things like that since the since we first started the electric week. And the reason is I want you to be able to visualize, okay, you have many rivers running through your house, and each one of your outlets or each one of your points where electrical comes in is like a spigot. You're turning power onto something to run it. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking to see if you still have any additional rivers that we can use or additional space so we can create more rivers to bring more power into different spigots. And if you don't have that, then this is an additional cost that we have to talk about or we need to kind of get figured out. The other thing I'm looking for is if you're bringing in new appliances um, and you have a panel that was that was installed 40 or 50 years ago, the first thing I'm going to do to protect that investment you're making in that kitchen is I'm going to make a recommendation that we, that we re either replace the panel or we install a new sub panel so we can put modern breakers in that will meet the current code and also prevent an inadvertent, an inadvertent fire on anything that we're doing beyond that, or even try to protect some of the circuits that might already be existing. Because the last thing you want to do is spend a bunch of money on a kitchen remodel or spend a bunch of money on electrical, only to ignore the one thing that can protect the rest of your house. Right. And unfortunately, you and I, our experience has been that most of the jobs that we go to, we spend a lot of time fixing uh, 
the, excuse my French, the clusterfuck of the electrician that came before us. And a lot of electricians, unfortunately, um, I, I mean, I doubt that it's just California because <laughs> we have a lot of regulation and it still happens. Um, unfortunately, a lot of electricians do the absolute bare minimum. They kind of cover up problems because they don't want to get deeper into it. They want to just kind of come in and out, make their money and get on the way. And they, they, they kind of rely, either they don't know and they're ignorant of what they're doing, or they rely on the fact that you don't know what's happening. And so they just will do things that are sketchy, right, babe? Like you've seen things added that, sh- that there's no new power there. So it's creating resistance and pow- and heat. You've seen them do things that are really not to code and not safe at all, but they do them and they get paid. Yeah. But talk there's a little bit about what you find inside of panels. Uh Probably the number one thing I find inside of panels is uh, is where you have two hot circuits, which is a, a black and a red wire, which share the same neutral. And an electrician comes in or a handyman comes in and they find out they don't have any room left in the panel to create to create room for a new river. So what they'll do is they'll they'll put new breakers in, which I, which are called minis. And these mini breakers have like two little breakers on the same space that a full-size breaker would be. What they do is they take that red and that black wire and they put it on one of those minis. And so if there's a short somewhere down the line, what ends up happening is, is because they're not a common trip breaker, meaning that both breakers turn off at the same time. Uh, if you have a short or a damaged wire, that wire will break, will trip one side, but the other side will still be hot allowing electricity to fly to flow on that neutral. And it could create a situation where somebody's like, if you have all metal piping in the house where somebody touches a metal, touches a spigot or something, or in the case of uh, a family member that I used to go see years ago, you're t- you'd be taking a shower, you stand on the drain line and you get shocked. And it's because <laughs> there's electricity going to the metal pipe because you have damaged wiring and allowing electricity to transfer from the hot wire to the neutral wire, which is the white wire. Yeah, yeah. That happened all the time. And then it would go back to the panel and go to the ground and the ground would just right. take it to the rest of the house. So this so is that's an, why. Yeah. This is an example of, of a, there's levels of electricians and there's electricians that really understand what's happening with all these little subtle things. Right. And then there's electricians that might get hired by, you know, we, you and I see this a lot, like a local HVAC company or a solar company or a pool company, and they quote unquote, have electricians that work for them. Right. And they're just the youngest guys that come in. They get minimal training. They're taught to do some basic stuff for the quote unquote, their company, but they don't really understand the bigger ecosystem that their stuff is working within. And so they just come in quick, they get paid, they leave. Right. But they leave a mess behind because they don't really actually understand the bigger like mix of things that are happening inside that house. So you just need to be like careful. And I'm trying to think of like, well, how would a customer know that? Um, the biggest well, thing I, is just, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. That's the problem. The customer doesn't know. Uh, look, I, I'll tell you right now, I see probably five or 10 different handyman companies out there that are in the local paper all the time, advertising that they do all these different things. And I have nothing against handyman, you know, when, but what I do have an issue with handymen about is handymen who say they know how, who say they do electrical. It's be, and they're not electricians and they haven't spent time in the electrical field. They're just handymen. They replace outlets, they replace this, they replace that. But when they replace stuff, they don't know what they're looking for. 
they just they're come in you say i've got a problem with this and they replace it and then they move on whereas when i come in if you got a problem with something, there's a reason there's a problem there. Things just don't create problems when there's no problem. So what I try to do is I try to figure out why we have a problem so that you don't call me back a week later for the right. same problem. So you're troubleshooting. Did, yeah, you're troubleshooting the real source. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. That's my one complaint there to say they're electricians. Stay away from them. They'll burn your house down. <laughs> Well, or just, you know, like if you, uh, you know, what I see a lot of times is that um, if you're planning a kitchen remodel and you, and you get a bid and, you know, one and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to pay this $300. This guy says he's going to come in and he's going to replace all my outlets. Yeah. I mean, that guy is just literally going to come in and do the bare, bare minimum. And the chances of him not discovering a problem that's already there and then fixing it, which is what he should be doing or creating another problem. <laughs> that he's that he's causing and then he moves on and then you don't know that's actually going on behind the scenes right so you this is like between electrical and plumbing these are like the two things you do not want to skimp on you want someone that will take the time to actually explain and personally what i like to tell my women is like when you have someone come out to do an electrical bid and you give them their your list right and then they go and look at your panel. They tell you how much you have available. They tell you what you want is someone who's going to be honest with you and say, look, if I don't have enough power to do the things I'm asking, I want you to tell me. And I want you to explain to me what you think the best plan is for this. I don't want you to just cover it up and just tell me I can do it. Secretly, you know you're overloading the system, right? That's the kind of electrician you don't want. Either one that's either ignorant of the fact that he's overloading it, or two, knows he's overloading it and doesn't care, right? Um, you want someone who is going to be, when they uncover something, you want them to come to you and say, look, unfortunately, you don't have enough power on this panel to do X, Y, and Z, right? And a lot of times, like, what's your experience, babe? But I see a lot of electricians that just won't, they won't ever even tell you. They'll just be like, well, here's your bid for your kitchen. They go in and do yeah. some things and you don't even really know what they're doing. But what they don't tell you is the really important stuff that's happening. Like, like you said, like five of your breakers in your panel need to be replaced because they basically are burned to a crisp, which means there's a real problem going on in the house. Like you want the electrician to explain that to you. Uh, I think my biggest frustration is and this getting into our bonus round to our to a job in our and the owners had just bought a new electric vehicle they asked me to come in and do an install for a charger well i went up there and i did that i did their load calculation for the entire house to see what their load would support to charge the vehicle we couldn't do anything. They were they were 25 amps over the maximum amperage on their panel because they had gotten they had just done a half million dollar renovation. They put in a brand new pool. They had just had their full kitchen remodel done. Um, surprisingly, they didn't do any new electrical, but they did a full kitchen remodel, cabinets, and all that stuff for them. And they put in a hot, put in a brand new pool. They put in solar panels and both their main panel and their sub panel were completely full. The main panel was 50 years old. The sub panel was, was new because they had to put one on to move electrical out to the pool. And so when I went down there and did this and I showed them, they're like, how come we don't have any room left? Is this because nobody did a lo load calculation on your house? You're so cutting out, the you're cutting out there, bit. babe. You're cutting out a little bit. Oh, sorry. Can you say that again? So 
Yeah, don't put, don't put your hand in front of your face. We can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're saying that they um, that they know none of those companies actually thought of the bigger issue of the house, and this is what we're talking about. Each contractor is just sort of thinking about their own little piece of the puzzle, and yeah. they're not really thinking about your safety, your whole house, right? They just kind of want to come in and get paid. And what you want to just be careful of is just understand that, like, you want to don't assume that each of the vendors that are coming in are are carefully analyzing the load calculation of your total house, which no, is working, why we're working, going to start offering that. They were working within their own little bubble. They stayed in their bubble and they didn't worry about what everybody else's bubble was right. or how the lap of those bubbles was going to impact the overall well-being of the customer. Right. Except that, unfortunately, the house, babe, stop putting your hand in front of your mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except that, un- unfortunately, your house is just one single thing. It's one organism and it has power coming into one location. So it is its own organism. So if you have different people working there, it's still just in the same organism, right? Your house. It's not five houses. So as long as you think about that as a customer and you understand that, like, if you're having multiple vendors come and do multiple things, you need to make sure that they are coordinating with the other people and talking and making sure that they're not overloading your entire system. Right. That's, that's sort of what, cause like we will have those hard conversations with customers and be like, no, you shouldn't put a pool in. You don't have enough room to do a pool and a kitchen remodel. Like that's exactly. just reality. The other people will do it, but they're going to, they're going to add a lot of unsafe things to your panel and then they're going to be gone and they don't care. Right. Or they're going to shuffle things and put on quads and minis and things like that for the breakers, just so they can go ahead and share load in the panel without even considering the amount of stress is putting on the panel. Right. Exactly. They're not really thinking of it a year from now or six months from now. Um, Okay. Now that we've scared everybody again, (laughs) we're not trying to scare you. We just want, we want to prepare you with, we want you to be educated. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to know that your, your contractors is only as good as the information you give them. And then, we want you to be educated so that when you're talking with your contractor, your contractor is not trying to snow job you and say, well, everything will be fine. We're good. Right. Right. Exactly. What you want to be asking is, okay, well, we're also having a pool put in, or we're also having a jacuzzi put in, or we're planning to have solar put on in a month after whatever. Like you need to tell that to the person, the electrician and be like, oh, do we have adequate power? And maybe you're not planning any of those things, but like you have to be your own advocate. You have to advocate for your own house, right? The electrical in your own house. Don't assume that the electrician is looking out for you, like period, full stop. Like he's just coming to do his little job. He is not thinking about the whole greater organism of your house. Just to, just to throw in a little mansplainer that I know you hate so much. This is the way that I, as a homeowner, would look at this. Your contractors are in your house for maybe three to six months. After that, they're gone. You're in that house for the rest. If it's your forever house, you're in the house for the rest of your life. You're going to deal with the outcome of whatever the communication was or was not. And it just, it pays, you know, for the amount of investment you're making to be knowledgeable in the steps of the process and what the pre-planning steps are going to be. Um, Right. Okay. So after they've gone out and looked at the panel and hopefully told you like whether how much power you have available 
and whether you can do the certain things that you've been asking for. Um, then you want to get back a bid that has some basic, you know, some detailed enough information that you can compare one bid to another. You don't want just a subtotal, right? Or a total. You want to, you want detailed enough that you can then look at that and compare it to the next guy and be able to have some, call those people back and have some conversations. Um, you know, in my program, we talk a lot about like how to get good bids, how to qualify them. Um, but the, you know, the basics are, did you like the person? Were they respectful? Did you get a good vibe from them? Did they answer good questions? Um, were, were you able to communicate with them or were they short and they didn't want to answer anything? Um, I mean, he might be a great electrician, but if he's not able to communicate with you, that's not a good starting point for me. Um, and if his bid is a lot higher or a lot lower, you want to be able to talk to that person and find out why, right? Find out, did he just miss adding 10 outlets? Did he forget to put in the under cabinet lights? Did he use a significantly lower quality of can light? Did he like, what, what's the difference between that? Right. And don't be afraid to call the person and just have a nice general, general conversation about it. And I, what I do personally, when I have a bid, like, let's say if I'm hiring a subcontractor, I will just call and say something very respectfully, like, like if it's Jim, I'll be like, Hey, Jim, you know, I got your quote. Thanks so much for sending it over. I just had a couple questions. Like your number came in X under X over. Like if one of the bids is 10,000 and one of the bids is 3000, I might be like, you know, Jim, in all honesty, like your bid came in like several thousand dollars less than the, ne the next guy. And I just want to go through this and make sure that you have everything that we talked about. Or if it's a lot higher, I'm, I want to find out your bid came out, you know, $8,000 higher than the next closest bid. Can you explain to me, right? Can you explain to me why you think that is and allow him the chance to actually justify that? Maybe there is a very good reason. Maybe the other people skipped a massive problem and they didn't tell you about it, but Jim caught it. And he's like, yeah, you need a $5,000 panel and here's why, right? So it's not that it's good or bad. It's that you want the information so you can actually delve deeper and don't be afraid to call and ask those questions, right? As contractors, we don't mind explaining our bids, right, babe? So we get customers all the time that call and ask for greater clarification, or they just are worried about the high cost. They don't understand why. And then Larry can be like, well, that bid is 13,000 because of X, Y, Z, D, but, but, but. And then the customer's like, oh, okay, I got it. Now I understand. Maybe I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. Or maybe I am because now I understand why it's so critical. So don't be embarrassed, you guys. Like as contractors, we, we almost always get asked, right? Like, so if you're not calling your contractor and asking them for clarification or to, I don't want to say the word justify their bid. I don't want you to say, I want you to justify your bid, but to call and talk about it as contractors, that is like a standard part of the process. Right, babe? Don't you feel? No, there is. I was thinking about the three types of clients I've worked with. There's there's the client that is the one that's done the research and actually wants to have the conversation, um, which are the ones I love working with. There is the client that, trust me, but really doesn't understand the bid. So we'll break it down and I'll, and I'll show them. And this is where I go back and I'm going to revert back to that darn punch list again. Uh, if you give me a punch list at our first interview, when you get my bid back, I'm going to show you exactly by your punch list, what the costs are going to be for each one of those tasks. So you may have those questions, but I'm going to tell you why I do it. Uh, for example, if we're replacing outlets or adding outlets, um, I don't go out now. You don't use the fifty second, the fifty six cent outlets that you buy down at Lowe's or Home Depot. I actually use the more expensive ones that are a little bit more durable and are going to last longer. Uh, 
Um, so that's in my cost. If, um, and then the last person, that the, the third client, the ones that I usually will take a pass on are the ones that are constantly trying to, trying to just basically lowball me on everything. And, you know, honestly, it's just not worth my time. I, I'm not going to put in substandard materials just because you want to go as like super cheap. Uh, it doesn't work like that. I'm responsible for the safety of your family and your home. Yeah, that was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because um, whether you use license, I mean, we would always want you to use a licensed contractor if possible, but with two caveats, just because they're licensed doesn't mean they're good. Unfortunately, it's a, it's usually better, but it doesn't guarantee that. But when, when, within electrical, it's, it's a higher standard because it's so hard to get an electrical license. There's so many requirements that it actually is of all the licensed contractors. I think it's one of the ones that is the most in depth. Um, but the other reason is that a lot of our customers, cause we deal with people all over the country don't have, it's not a requirement to use a licensed contractor. Right. So you just want to remember that if you are using a licensed person, typically that means their license is on the line. So when Larry is, he is required by law. It's kind of like if you see a child getting abused, if you're a teacher, you're required to report that abuse. A licensed electrician um, is actually required to fix a problem that he comes across, period, or his license is at stake. And or he's required, like if something happens to your house, he's responsible. So why would he put in a 50 cent outlet if a I mean, I don't know what they actually cost, babe, but I know they're they're more. If he's going to put in an outlet that he knows is significantly safer, he's going to do that because it's also just protecting his reputation. So it's not just because it's cheaper. So when you're asking a customer to like a vendor to lowball something, you're actually asking them to put their business on the line. Right. So it's more than just your kitchen remodel. It's their entire business that they worked for for maybe you know, 20, 25 years building. So um, a legitimate contractor is not going to do that. It's too, it's too much to put at stake. Right. How, what do you think about that, babe? I agree. I, I moved your I, hand from in front of your mouth. No, I know. I'm sorry. Every, every job I was just thinking our, every job you and I have ever done, I've always tried to have a, a relationship with our, with our clients then, and that it's a partnership. This, this project we're working on is a partnership. It's not, your project. It's not my project. It's our project. Um, and you know, a lot of people, I think we've built some really great relationships over the years and still people keep calling back and asking me to do more work because of that relationship we've created. It's the contractors that come in are just trying to make the quick buck that are the ones you got to be careful of because they're just going to come in there. They're going to blow through it and they're going to get the hell out. And then, and they don't really care about what the outcome is in the, on the back end. Yeah, they are definitely not imagining your house five years later. Like, they're not worried about your house burning down. <laughs> that never even occurs to them, right? Um, they are not worried that you might get shocked in your own shower. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Or shocked when you touch your toaster, right? <laughs> they're going to be like, I don't know. We don't. We have no idea what happened, <laughs> right? So I my youth. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, all right, ladies. So to break it down in simplest terms, the planning process to hire an electrician to get some bids is to have a general sense, a basic sense of the types of things you're going to do, the types of appliances you may want to put in, get the tech specs, meaning get the model numbers, go and get the tech specs, sometimes called installation instructions off of a website. You can just Google the model number and look up until you find the actual like requirements. You'll see it. You just scroll through the pages. It'll say electrical requirements. You hand that page to 
the uh, electrician, you say, this is the one I'm thinking of getting. He goes out, looks at the panel, sees how much power you have available to the kitchen, the rivers of power coming in. He assesses and tells you if there's any problems or issues with capacity or what you can actually do. And then you hand him your list of things you want. And he gives you a bid that's detailed enough that you can then go and compare that to somebody else's. And then step four is you call them back and you ask clarifying questions until you get to the person that you want to feel comfortable with that fits your budget, but also has the quality level that he's looking out for your safety, that you feel that he's actually honestly, accurately assessing the situation and he's going to do the right thing. And women, I know you guys are good with intuition. You're good with reading body language. You're good with telling if somebody has your interests at heart, that's the person you want to go with. That's my two cents, babe, right? Any last words before we close out this session? Oh, we're not ready to close it out. I've got a couple more things. Okay. Uh, so the first thing is I thought of something that would be really helpful for your ladies out there in our audience. Um, uh, when I get back into town, I'm going to go ahead and put together an example punch list for the ladies to use that maybe you can put up in your show notes or something like that. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. Simple. They just, all they have to do is click on the link, print it out, and then they can go ahead and they can take off from there. That'd be awesome. I think that'd be very helpful. Uh, the second one is, is something that, I've thought about more and more as you've been working through these episodes and helping all these amazing ladies out there is that the importance of the kitchen coach, thinking about how important that person is in the process, because the kitchen coach, you know, even though she is mainly, you know, working with the cabinets and helping with the design and helping you through, you know, the various hurdles of selecting contractors, that kitchen coach is also there to communicate with your contractors or help you answer questions that you that you may not know that your contractors may have. It, she's not fitting in as a general contractor per se, but what she's doing is she's helping keep the process moving forward. I think that's really important because the kitchen coach is also involved with the design of the kitchen, already kind of has an idea in, in their head, who, whomever it might be, um, as to what, how that kitchen layout is supposed to be. So if you got changes and things you want to make, they're going to be able to communicate that to your contractor and possibly even during the communication process, make sure that the work is getting done before the next step in the process of the kitchen remodel. Right. Um, and this brings up a, a good point that you and I talk about quite a bit, which is that a lot of times when you're not, when you don't have a general contractor who's kind of in charge of everybody, your cabinet maker and electrician will rarely talk. Okay. So if you're hiring people individually, um, they will rarely talk. Whereas like us, when you buy cabinets through us, and if you're just using us as a kitchen coach, we want to make sure that your cabinet maker and electrician are actually talk to each other, right? Because it's not as simple as just looking at a picture or a diagram and then your electrician's like, oh, I know exactly what to do. No, no. There's lots of things that get lost in the in the interaction there. And that's where the problems happen. That's where like you have to cut a huge hole in the back of my cabinets because nobody pre-planned where certain something was going to go and it could have easily been pre-planned, right? So that's another thing that I just want to say is like, you want your cabinet maker and electrician to be able to coordinate with each other, pre-think some of the issues, plan around any, any obstacles so that when cabinets show up and when you start installing, you're not like, oh, shoot, that, electri that electrical is in the wrong spot. Now, well, we'll just cut the cabinet. Like, that's what everybody else does. Like, no, no, don't just cut the beautiful cabinets. Like, you could have pre-organized <laughs> that ahead of time. 
I just, I, what made me think about that was the numerous conversations I've overheard you firsthand have with you, with your clients across the nation about, you know, helping work with their, with their contractors and helping the contractors, you know, see the vision of what you and the client came up with. And then also your conversations with your other kitchen coaches, when they've reached back to you about questions about a specific topic related to a kitchen or a cabinet or an appliance where you've, you know, you provided the answers to them about, you know, this is, this is maybe we might want to just adjust it a little bit that, you know, when they're calling back for a sanity check. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it just, it's a really, it's, it's an easy part of the process, but it's a part that gets skipped a lot. And um, we, you and I both see the consequences of that. And so you want to hire an electrician that is flexible, that doesn't mind talking to me. It doesn't mind talking to their kitchen coach to make sure that it's planned correctly for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, a couple of things before we close it out. Um, these are, these are what I would consider a red flag for our ladies out there when they're hiring any contractor, not just your electrician. Uh, if you have a contractor that's condescending, uh, definitely a serious red flag. Mm-hmm. If you have a contractor that when you and your husband are sitting in the same room and he ignores you and only talks to your husband, serious oh. red flag. Yep. Because you, here's the thing a lot of people don't realize. When you're doing a full-on kitchen remodel, when you're doing a bathroom model, when you do a whole house remodel, that contractor that's talking to the husband isn't picking up on who's actually going to be running the project. Because in many cases, the husband is out working at his job, wherever that may be, and he comes home and he sees the aftermath. He asks questions about the aftermath of that day's events. Whereas you, um, our ladies out there, you know, you're going to be there working with this person every day. You're going to be answering questions or you're going to be asking questions. And if he just defers to your husband, it makes you, it just belittles you. And you don't want to work with that kind of person. Basically yeah. that person is a piece of shit. <laughs> so uh, then there's the contractor that is kind of the shmarmy guy. Um, you got to watch out for those guys because what they'll do is they'll say that they're going to do the work, but then they're going to send in their youngest guys that don't know Jack and shit. And they're going to come in and they're going to do the work. And you're going to be like, well, where the fuck are you at? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally there's that contractor that when he comes in the room and you and your husband are there interviewing him for the project, uh, be it, he's your floor guy, he's your cat is a cabinet maker, your handyman that may be putting the cabinets together. If you buy your cabinets through Camille, um, or your electrician or your plumber, the guy that said the guy or the gal that sits there and talks to both of you equally and is, is interested in to hear what your inputs are and, and is and voices answers your concerns with respect and kindness and understanding because they know that you're not in the trades. Uh, that's the person you're really going to be wanting leaning towards as far as picking as your contractor. You may even find yourself spending a couple extra grand to work with that person. But here's the thing on the back end of that three to six months, you're going to walk out of there with a smile on your face versus just being pissed off about the whole experience. Right. And you're going to know that that person, you have to remember that person is unconsciously protecting you at every level. That guy is going to do the right thing when the right thing matters. He's not going to cover stuff up. He's not going to not tell you about stuff that needs to be taken care of. Right. Like he's not just looking out for himself. He's really cares about your job. And we had that other episode with Josh, Josh Feldzone, right? Like that's the kind of contractor you want at every level, if possible. And especially your electrician. That's a really critical point. You want him to care about the quality of his work, care about the quality and safety of your house. You don't want it to be just another quick job for him. So I think we're going to end it there, babe. I think we've belabored it. <laughs> 
<laughs> these poor ladies listening to this. We knew that uh, I knew that this week was going to be kind of a heavier week because we're talking about a lot of like technical stuff. But I'm hoping this was illustrative. I'm hoping this shed some light on it for you ladies. And again, Larry um, has graciously agreed to do some load calculations and be able to help you figure out what's possible electrically in your house across the country. It's kind of a new thing that we're that we're busting out. Uh, we've proven that we can make and ship cabinets all over the country. So I think we can do this as well. So we will, um, in our final episode, we'll have a link so that if your future people um, are listening and want to contact Larry and um, for kind of a small fee, he can help walk you through your electrical in your house and be able to give you some good suggestions of the person that you might be doing the actual work. So babe, thanks for being here. And I can't wait to see you on our final episode, our bonus episode, where we're going to be talking about Teslas and, you know, bigger things that can happen inside the house with electrical. Yeah, this has been fun. I'm actually going to be kind of sad when all this ends. <laughs> see you soon. Great kitchen design and incredible functionality should not cost an arm and a leg. That's why I created Kitchen Remodel Rockstar, a membership group exclusive for women that's affordable, honest, and direct. For just $97 a month, we help you explore all those choices running around in your head like, how big is a granite slab and which color should I pick? Is porcelain better than stainless steel and what will it cost? Should I buy a farmhouse sink in single or double bowl? Or maybe what type of cabinets should I buy? Should I buy custom? Should I do a reface? I'm really lost, right? And finally, how do I even figure out the ideal cabinet layout? Well, that and so much more is what we cover inside of KRR. It's like kitchen therapy, because let's face it, planning a kitchen remodel is stressful. So many decisions to make, it's hard to know who to trust. And that's where I come in. Look, my program has helped over 10,000 women across the country create their own kitchen system that blends high-end functionality with gorgeous design without overdrafting your checking account. So jump on in today and let's see how we can help you get your dream kitchen for less stress and money. Just like Jessica, quote, I can't believe how much I learned already. This was worth the cost and it's been two days. I am so excited to start exploring countertop options now. My anxiety is completely gone. Thank you. Thank you for this group. So, hey, I really want to add your story one day, and I hope you join because this is a safe and affordable place for women just like you to explore what they want to create in their dream kitchen and get straightforward answers in real time. Just think, for $97, there's no more waiting or wondering if you're making the right decision. Now you will feel confident in every single choice and know that you have created the best dream kitchen you can for you. I hope to see you inside the club today. Go over to krr.com to sign up. That's kitchenremodelrockstar.com today.